What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And in today's episode, we will be going through the past couple weeks in college football, just summarizing everything that's been going on in college football, the top headlines. We will be going through it all. And we're going to start off with one of the biggest games all year. In my opinion, I think it was one of the best game all year, but that's also coming from a biased standpoint because I am a Michigan State fan. But the game I'm referring to is Michigan State versus Michigan. What a game. Michigan State coming back from a 16-point deficit to win in style. Kenneth Walker, over 190 rushing yards, five touchdowns against Little Sister. What a game, Henry. What are your thoughts on this game? Do you think Michigan State is legit now? Because a lot of people were calling Michigan State frauds before this game. But now I think Michigan State has shut all those people up with this incredible comeback win and incredible performance from Kenneth Walker against their rivals in the biggest game by far for Michigan State this season. They showed up in the second half especially. So what are your thoughts on this game and this Michigan State team? And also, I actually am wondering what you think Michigan does going forward because right now this is just a devastating loss for them being up 16 points I believe it was more than midway through the third quarter you know Andrew I mean the simple answer for Michigan is just to fire Jim Harbaugh but as a Michigan State fan I would absolutely love for him to stay for as long as possible because I mean, at this rate we're going to win every year so if he stays Getting to continue to happen with the new coach. I can't guarantee that to all the Michigan State fans around here. But um, going back to the Michigan State side, obviously you mentioned Kenneth Walker, 197 on the ground, five touchdowns. Absolute, absolutely absurd performance from the Heisman front runner. And, you know, I expected him to have a big game like per usual, but for him to run for Two almost 200 yards and five touchdowns against Michigan in a defense that was considered to be a top three defense in all of college football. I didn't see that coming. And Peyton Thorne, you know, didn't play his best game early in the early in the first quarter. He definitely struggled. I mean, I would say one of the interceptions wasn't really his fault, but the other one was, I guess it was a kind of a good interception, basically a punt. And um, for the most part, I thought he played relatively well. He definitely had some completions that could have been made into bigger gains because he didn't really lead his receivers very often. But overall, I thought he played a pretty good game, made the throws when he needed to make the big throws. Overall, I thought he played a really big, really solid game. Defensively, I mean, clearly we need some work on the secondary. I mean, but that was kind of the key in the key of the game here. We wanted them to have to throw over us. And if McNamara was going to beat us by throwing for 500 yards, then that were, that was how we were going to lose. And he only threw for 400 yards. So we won. And, um, you know, I think state is, I, th- I think they're a top five team in the country right now. And I can completely change what I say in about five days, if they go out and lose to Purdue this weekend. But I mean, Based on everything I've seen, they're playing like a top five team in the country, no doubt. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think Michigan State is definitely playing like a top five team in in the country right now, especially with this epic win over their arch rival in the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, In terms of the game, I think that 
you know, a lot of from what I've been hearing is Cade McNamara played an incredible game, threw for 400 yards. Well, first, I, I want to stop those people for a second. He might have played a great game for Cade McNamara. Yeah, because he's typically not known for playing great games. But he did miss a couple big throws in big-time situations that could have ended up being touchdowns. So I really just want to make sure those people who say who look at the stat sheet and say, oh, he threw 400 yards, blah, blah, blah. Number one, I mean, 95 of those yards, or I think it was 93, whatever, of those yards came off one catch off just a Michigan State breakdown in their coverage. And there was also, like I said, a lot of key points in the game where Cade missed his big throws that could have changed the entire outcome of this game and could have ended and resulted in a Michigan win. So for those who just look at the stat sheet and see 400 yards or whatever, just you, you got to watch the game because that will actually tell you the true story. Kenneth Walker Heisman moment right there. I mean, 190 plus yards and five touchdowns against your rival to win the game and come back fashion. I mean, incredible Michigan state's defense came up big with a couple late stops and they took and Mel Tucker. No, how crazy were some of these fourth down calls on fourth and four? I believe it was down 16. I believe on Michigan's 35 yard line area. I correct me if I'm wrong, but Henry's giving me the thumbs up on that one. I couldn't tell you the actual or exact yard they were on, but around that area, fourth and four down 16 in the third quarter, I was talking to everyone in my section that I was sitting in, in the game in, in my row. And I was telling them, kick the field goal, take the points, make it a two possession game right here. Although it was technically two possession game, but a more manageable two possession game. And Mel Tucker goes out and puts the offense out there. And I'm like, all right, all right, guys, just try to get him, draw him off sides, put the field goal unit out. All of a sudden I see him snap the ball. I'm like, what the hell are you doing, Mel? Throw it up deep on a fourth and four. Now we're just going for the end zone. I'm like, all right, Mel Tucker, you're getting fired after this one. Come on, man. And then he catches it. It works out for Michigan State. What, what, what's ballsy play call by Mel Tucker? And then there was also another, I believe it was fourth and two. He decided to throw the ball. Fourth and, for fourth another and one. Ball. Fourth and like a foot. Like yeah, less than four, a foot. Fourth and one decides to throw the ball up the middle on a seam route, just going straight towards the end zone. And they complete it. I mean, Mel Tucker had some incredible calls throughout the game that ultimately I think helped us win this game as well. I think the MVPs of this game is Kenneth Walker and Mel Tucker. And Tuck coming, baby. Right. Tuck is coming. And that's all I have to say about this there game. Is- and there is nothing that you can do about it. Tuck right. is you, coming. You, you can't stop Tuck, and you can't stop Kenneth Walker. And as of right now, no one's been able to stop this Michigan State team, no matter how much adversity they've faced. They've been able to get it done, and that's the undeniable facts right there. All right, enough about our home team and our favorite team, Michigan State. Let's move on. And let's move on to a team that had really high expectations this season and have just failed to reach those expectations by a mile. 
that's the Clemson Tigers. They've really been struggling. Quarterback play has been a problem for them. They thought they had a Heisman candidate in, and I'm going to butcher this name, but please bear with me. DJ, you, you young, I'm not even going to try, you know who I'm talking about, but he has just not been able to reach expectations and this Clemson team hasn't been able to as well. And I think it's mainly due to them not being able to get this offense going. I think it's really concerning because they have a lot of talent on this team. And you look at other teams around the country, getting it done with way less talent on their team. So I don't know if this is a coaching problem with Dabo Sweeney or if it's just the players not getting it done. But Henry, what are your thoughts on this Clemson team and why are they struggling so badly? And do you think they can turn it around at all? Or do you think it's just hopeless at this point? I mean, for this year, it's basically hopeless. I mean, they have, I think, three losses at this point. So at this point, I don't even know if there's any way for them to physically possible or any physically possible way for them to make the ACC championship. This year is basically a wash. But we see how good their defense is. I mean, they were the only team that's really held Georgia. And Georgia, we think, is obviously the best team in the country right now. So it's not, it's clearly not the defense that's causing the problems. I, I think the offense is just so historically bad. Like this is a historically bad college football offense, not even for Clemson. Like this is like Kansas every year for Clemson, which is why people are finally reacting to it because, like, if anyone hasn't noticed, this is the same offense they've been running for like ever since Dabo got there. This offensive scheme is so incredibly bad. Like, if you didn't have a quarterback that was going to go in the top 10 of the draft, which we know D- DJ, DJU um, will not be going in the top 10 of any of any draft anytime soon. And this is this is this is why their offense looks so bad. They clearly don't have the offensive line anymore. There's literally no one on that line who I I would trust to block block for me. Um, the running back play has been pretty good, but the receivers have been horrible. I mean, I don't even know if DJ has been like that bad. I mean, I haven't watched a whole lot of Clemson probably because like no one cares after they lost two games, but like the fact that they held Georgia to like 10 points and now are this bad just shows how bad their offense is. Like they scored the only offensive touchdown in that game. They should have won that game. Like. Clemson should be probably undefeated right now. And Georgia should have a loss to Clemson, which shows that maybe Georgia isn't that good or Clemson just offense just so bad. Well, Henry, I'll tell you this, DJ, I've been watching a little bit of Clemson myself and DJ's just been playing awful. He hasn't been living up to his expectations or preseason expectations, at least by a mile. It's it's been bad. And like you said, this Clemson offense is just horrid. And that's the reason for their struggles, in my opinion. But Henry, why don't why don't we talk a little bit about Georgia now? They brought them up. And at this point, Georgia's just been dominating all their all the competition that they've faced besides that first game with Clemson. But do you think anyone can stop Georgia up to this point? up to this point and going forward or do you do you just think Georgia's just by far the best team in the country and you don't think they'll be stopped because this team is really reminding me of an unstoppable team like LSU was in 2019 but LSU was the opposite because their offense was insane 
and their defense wasn't as insane in terms of Georgia. Now their defense is absolutely insane. Their offense is still good, but it's just not insane. I'm saying the comparison comes from that 2019 LSU team and is saying, when we saw that LSU team, they were unstoppable. No one could stop them. Georgia, are they stoppable? Because I don't think so. Uh, Andrew, I don't know about that one. I mean, they've, they've blown everybody out and deserve, except Clemson, which also is kind of interesting because Clemson sucks. But, I mean, there's no one left on their schedule. It's Missouri, Tennessee, Charleston, Southern, and Georgia Tech. Like, they're, they're going to win those four games. But if they lose those four game, any of those four games, I mean, it just completely changes everything. But that SEC championship game against Bama in about five weeks from now is going to be really, really interesting because Bama has to win that game. Like, there's no way a two-loss Bama team gets in. And that's going to be by far the best offense Georgia's faced. And it's going to be a lot like the – I don't even know what game to compare it to. But, like, Georgia hasn't – I mean, they faced some tests, but, like, they haven't faced any of these upper echelon teams. I mean, they play, like, Arkansas and Auburn, but I don't think those teams are upper echelon. Like, they haven't played Ole Miss yet, which they don't play. They haven't played AM. They haven't played Alabama. The upper echelon teams, I believe, in the, are in the SEC. And the fact that Clemson was really able to compete with them gives me somewhat of a concern, but they also have blown out literally everyone else, and no one scored more than, like, 10 points against them. But I think with Bama's offense, I, I, I don't think they've seen an offense like Bama, so I'm, it's really going to be really interesting to see. But I definitely don't think they're, like, unbeatable, like this, that LSU team that you're referring to. I think this is the most wide open we've seen a college football national championship in God knows how long. I think you're not giving enough respect to Florida who they faced. I think Florida is a very solid offense and they absolutely shut them down. So I think Georgia is. I, I think there's, there's some problems going on at Georgia. We'll or at Florida. We'll, we'll get into that later, but I, I think there's stuff that we're not seeing at Florida that that could be going on behind the scenes. That, yeah, we, yeah, we will we will definitely talk about Florida and their their ongoing issues and what you're referring to. But I think Georgia is for real. And the fact that they're blowing out these SEC teams, and I know you're not considering top tier in the SEC, but all these teams are very solid and they're winning without any problem. And I think that Clemson game was kind of a warm-up game, in my opinion. I don't think they were in full form at that, that point in time. And now I truly think they're hitting their full stride and they're looking better than ever. I truly think that defense can carry them to a national title, and that's what I expected to do. So I think Georgia is unstoppable, and that's exactly why I compared them to how good that 2019 LSU team was, just because of how good this defense is. And I expect them to be playing just as good throughout the rest of the season into the playoffs, and I expect them to win the national championship. But Henry... Let's move on to the other SEC team you were, you were referring to that will you expect to make the SEC championship game and face Georgia, and that's Alabama. Alabama, ever since they lost to Texas A&M, that crushing loss that they had on the road to Texas a unranked Texas A&M at the time, they've looked very solid, and it seems as if they've turned it around. So do you think Bama 
wins out up until the playoffs and you think they get in? Or do you think Bama gets that second loss before college before the college football playoffs in bowl season? There is reason and good reason at this point for me to believe that they could lose before they get to Georgia. I'm dead serious right now. Like, there's a reason for me to believe that chaos could happen and Auburn beats Alabama. Auburn's home in that game, by the way. And then Alabama goes in the next week and beats Georgia. Like, genuine reason for me to believe it because of the se- how crazy the season has been, that that is the outcome that I could possibly see. Now, do I think it will happen? Absolutely not. I don't think Auburn's that good. And I honestly don't think Alabama is going to beat Georgia either. But there's solid reason for me to believe that. And But Alabama, I mean, Alabama, how do you, how do you lose to Texas a on the road? Like you haven't lost to an unranked team on the road in God knows how long. And Texas A&M out of all time, I mean, it's a really tough place to play at night. And I mean, I would say A&M deserved to win that game, but I mean, out of all teams, it's A&M. A&M is not, they're not that good. Like and they were playing with a backup quarterback in that game. They, they're true. They were like two weeks removed from like beating Colorado by three points. I mean, they were literally they're, they're three of their last four games before Alabama 10, seven win against Colorado lost to Arkansas, lost to Mississippi state. And then they go beat Alabama. So shows how crazy the season is. I don't think AM's all that great. They've been playing better. They played really well against Alabama. Now Alabama's going to have to pay for it later in the season when they're going to have to win against Georgia and Auburn down the road. All right. Well, Henry, I actually have a question for you, and that is revolving around Auburn. And Auburn, as of right now, is two losses total, one conference loss. Their one non-conference loss came against Penn State on the road in a whiteout game that's one of the toughest environments to win in in the country if not the toughest and they took them down to a one possession game and their second loss was against Georgia who right now I think we both can agree are basically unstoppable but the best team in college football as of right now I think we can both agree to that so right now Auburn has two very solid losses and their wins recently have been pretty good I mean they beat LSU on the road And then they beat Arkansas on the road by two touchdowns. And then they just beat Ole Miss by 11, which is a very solid team. I think we both agree to that Ole Miss is very good. And Auburn has a tough matchup against Texas A&M on the road. And if they can carry or if they can uh, figure out a way to get out of that game with a win, I assume they'll win their next two against Mississippi State and South Carolina. And now you have a situation where Auburn has one conference loss playing against Alabama, who at that point, assuming they went out, will also have one conference loss. Do you think there's a chance Auburn makes the SEC championship game at all? Or do you think they'll pick up at least one more loss throughout this stretch leading up to Bama? No, they're going to lose to Texas A&M this week. That's that's my yeah. I don't know for sure. I think there's a chance they win. And if they do, I assume they went out up until Bama. And now that game means a whole lot more for both teams leading up. So 
if it's me, I'm kind of I'm kind of rooting for Auburn to win because I want to see that Iron Bowl mean a whole lot more than just just what the Iron Bowl means to those two teams. I well, yeah, because because on, on that same day, Ohio State plays Michigan. Everyone knows, everyone and their mom knows that that game is going to be a freaking forty point dog whooping by Ohio State. I mean, this is this is not the year. They're not having fun. Michigan is losing by forty at home to Ohio State. It's the same thing every year. Same same old story. Right. So we we would love to see an Iron Bowl that means a whole lot more than just what the Iron Bowl means to those two teams on a regular basis. All right, Henry. Let's move on to a few teams who don't have the best resume up to this point, but they're still top teams in the country, at least to their rankings. At least that's what their rankings say. And these teams are Ohio State, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma. None of these teams have really that great of wins. I guess you can argue Cincinnati over Notre Dame on the road. But besides that, and I guess you could say Ohio State over Penn State at home. But besides that, these three teams haven't really picked up that key win yet. So which of these teams do you think are for real? And do if you think any of these are frauds, which ones would you say? I think Ohio State is real. I think Oklahoma, they're frauds. And Cincinnati, I'm in between on. Because that win against Notre Dame, I think, is a solid win. But I don't know how good Notre Dame is because they seem to struggle with with – bad teams but they beat good teams outside of Cincinnati it, it, they're, they're just a very confusing team which is why it makes Cincinnati confused I mean Cincinnati's beaten everyone on their schedule they can't I, they can't really control that so is Oklahoma but Oklahoma's literally a lucky play away from losing to what, what would be five and three Texas and Texas is not that good with Caleb Williams I think Oklahoma's a better team I still don't think they're they're a top four team in the country right now. I don't think they're better than Cincinnati or Ohio State. And Ohio State is on a roll since that Oregon game. They're so much better than Oregon right now. Their offense is absolutely humming. They have the best. I would say they have the arguably the best skill position players in college football right now. I think that's a fair fair argument. Their defense still sucks, but does anyone besides Georgia even play defense in college football right now? I, I think. Right now, I could make an argument for them being the second best team in college football. So I definitely don't think they're frauds. Oklahoma, like I said, fraud and Cincinnati. I got I got to see some more from them for sure. Right, and Henry, I actually agree with you on this. I think Ohio State is for real. They've proved it uh, since they lost to Oregon. After I saw that loss to Oregon, I, I had questions about C.J. Stroud. I had questions about this entire Ohio State team, but. C.J. Stroud, that offense, and this entire team have really turned it around since then, blowing teams out as they should be and playing at a very high level, and they took care of business against Penn State, their first real test of the season aside from Oregon. So I think Ohio State's for real. I think they're playing much better than they were against Oregon. I agree with you that they're playing much better than Oregon is currently. So, or uh, Henry... I truly believe that Ohio State is for real in terms of Oklahoma. I don't necessarily think they're frauds, but I do not think they're top four in the country. I think they've gotten lucky a couple of times, like you said, taking care of business just barely in some of these games. And for Cincinnati, I haven't seen enough from them either, but they've been taking care of business as well. So what what I have to say about them is 
I don't think there's a reason for the playoff committee to keep them out of the top four, but I don't think that they are a top four team in the country, but I'm not saying they're frauds. I, I am, I'm absolutely not. I just need to see them play an actual team, but of course we're not going to be able to see that unless they get into the playoffs or even a new year's six bowl, which I assume they get into, but we won't see that until then. So in terms of the playoffs, I don't, I don't know what happens unless they somehow lose one of the remaining games on their schedule. There will be questions about this Cincinnati team up until the time for the playoff committee to select for real. So that's going to be a big question mark up until the college football playoffs selection committee gets together at the end of, at the end of the regular season. But I, I think they're a solid team. I think they're most likely a top six team at, at least in the country, maybe top seven at least. But I don't, I don't know about the second best team in the country. Maybe I don't even know about top four at this point. So that's what I think about those three teams, Henry. But let's move on to some concern over the coaching openings, possible coaching openings at least and some of these coaches who are on the hot seat at their respective schools. And some of these schools include LSU, USC, Michigan, Florida, Florida State, Nebraska. Henry, what do you think about all these coaching openings and some of these coaches who are on the hot seat? Which ones do you think we should look out for the most and which ones are the most intriguing to you? I genuinely believe that James Franklin is taking the USC job. Like at this point, I think it's all but a done deal in terms of LSU. I, I don't know. Mel Tucker seems to be the favorite, but I don't want to have to believe that he's even in consideration for that job for the others, Michigan. There's no reason Jim Harbaugh should still be around after this year. If he doesn't beat Ohio state. I mean, I can't say that he's done yet because he still has a plenty of the season in front. Like they're not done. Like anyone who thinks Michigan is like, gone like they have no chance they still have to play penn state and they still have to play ohio state there are two huge resume boosting wins if they win out they're going to the big 10 championship unless michigan state wins out but i would be kind of shocked if that happens and honestly i do think he'll be fired after this year actually i don't know if, if I, I do think he should be fired after this year because i don't think they'll beat ohio state and i don't think they'll beat penn state to be completely honest with you but that's that's the story for another time. Florida, I mean, there seems to be some things happening behind the scenes there. There's no reason a team with that much talent should be four and four. Dan Mullen has now cut off all access to the media for hit all the staff, him and his players. When asked about recruiting today, he was he was saying that he's not he doesn't take part in recruiting during the season, which makes no sense. You should be recruiting at all times, as Kirby Smart said. And at Florida State, I mean, the coach always is on the hot seat there. Ever since Jimbo left, they seem to have not been able to get it right. I think he's at – I think Norvell has done a decent job, though. This year he's kind of turned around. They've, they've played pretty solid football over the last couple of weeks, and I think he's kind of flipping the switch a little bit. And Nebraska, the last one we mentioned, Scott Frost can say goodbye to his job. Like, unless they win out, which they absolutely will not, I, it's, it's, I mean, it's over. Like, there's no way he gets another year. They, There's no logical reason you can prove to me that Nebraska should keep him around. Yeah, and one thing I have to say about that, that Nebraska 
a Nebraska job with Scott Frost is that Scott Frost has played some incredible games this year, including a great game against Oklahoma, a great game against Michigan, a great game against Michigan State, where he just nearly got that one key win, maybe possibly three key wins that he was looking for to secure that job and to really try to turn around that Nebraska football program, but just couldn't get it done. I don't think Scott Frost is a terrible coach. I just think he finds miserable ways to lose games for him and that Nebraska football team, which I just think is so tough. In terms of the Michigan job, Henry, I have a question for you. Do you think if Jim Harbaugh somehow beats Penn State, wins out, but loses to Ohio State, do you think his job is gone for losing to the two biggest rivals that that school has yet again in Ohio State and Michigan State? Or do you think he keeps his job? Because after all, it's still a successful season, but for a lot of Michigan fans in that Michigan program, not beating your two biggest rivals is not a successful season, no matter what your end record, final record ends up being by the end of the season. So do you think they move away from Harbaugh if he can't get it done against Ohio State this year, even if he wins out? I think he will come back. I think they'll let him come back, but that would be a horrible decision. I mean, he's at that point, he'd be literally be three and 10 against his two biggest rivals. That, that's so bad, especially in Michigan, a job that's considered like a top five job in, um, in college football. It's, it's bad. Like there's no reason for you to go three and 10 with all those resources, all the ability to recruit. I mean, that's like a top two job in the Midwest. Like, I don't know what, how many jobs you're considering are better than that. Maybe Notre Dame, maybe Ohio state. You, I don't know if you could argue that Michigan's done a better job than that. And with all those resources, you go three and 10 against your rivals. There's no reason he should come back, but I don't know, honestly, if there's even anyone better who would want that job. Like, there's so much pressure there. And even the, and even this, before the season, the Michigan's expectations were like seven and five, eight and four. The, the like as soon as they beat like Washington, the script flipped like completely. It was now, can you beat Michigan State? Can you beat Ohio State from one game? They went from a team who was eight and four, seven and five to can we make the playoffs? So there's gotta be some continuity here there's got to be some connections made here to the beginning of the season the end of the season you can't just flip what you want based on three games that happen early in the season yeah henry and that michigan job i know firsthand from talking to all the michigan fans i personally know and just listening to them talk about that michigan head coaching job there is just way too much pressure put on that coach if you talk about a Michigan State coach, I mean, if Mel Tucker came in and had a above 500 record this season, we would be absolutely thrilled with him and so happy. If Jim Harbaugh went seven and five this year, he would he would be canned immediately. So I think just the expectations, at least between Michigan State and Michigan, are just vastly different from the head coaching standpoint. And I don't think any coach wants to put themselves in that situation if Harbaugh were to get fired. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, that job does come with a lot of resources, like you said, and just a very historic program in Michigan. But that just comes with way too much pressure. I mean, if you can't find a way to beat Ohio State, who's just every year a top team, 
in college football, which is just so hard to beat each and every year. I mean, 90, 95% of teams every year just fail to do that against Ohio State. But if you're Michigan, if you fail to do that, you're now the worst coach of all time. So like you said, the the expectations are just vastly different between Michigan and basically anywhere else in the country. So that's just crazy to me. I don't know if anyone will even want that job if Harbaugh gets fired. But let's move on to the uh, Heisman race. I want to talk about that, Henry. Who do you think, who is your prediction to win the Heisman? And who do you think are the top, uh, let's go with top two or three Heisman candidates at this point in time, in your opinion? Um, My Heisman favorite, the top guy, the guy I think who should win it at this point in time, Kenneth Walker. Absolutely. Like he is the top guy and that's not debatable, like at all at this point. But I mean, at this point, I would consider the top three or four. I would say, I would say Kenneth Walker. I would say Bryce Young. At this point, I would say C.J. Stroud and Matt Corral and maybe B. John Robinson and Caleb Williams would be the top six, in my opinion. But I think the top four, Bryce Young, C.J. CJ Stroud, Matt Corral, Kenneth Walker, in no particular order. Obviously, Kenneth Walker being ahead, I don't know how I would rank the other three, though. Yeah, Henry, uh, for me, I also think Kenneth Walker should should be the Heisman winner up to this point. I mean, dude is single-handedly – I'm not going to say single-handedly, but my man took a team that was supposed to finish near last in their division in the Big Ten into an 8-0 top-five team in the country in Michigan State, and he's just been playing crazy football lately, just insane, and dropped a 100 – had an absolute Heisman moment. I mean, he's been having Heisman moments all year, but had an absolute Heisman moment in terms of dropping over 190 yards – and five touchdowns against the biggest game or in the biggest game of his career in a top 10 matchup, undefeated matchup against your biggest rivals. Hell of a game, hell of a year for Kenneth Walker. I think I think he deserves it over any of these guys, but I genuinely think that although Kenneth Walker deserves it, I don't I don't think you'll get it. And that's not, I'm not even saying that Kenneth Walker will start playing bad because I don't think so. I think he's going to continue playing good. I just think that it's going to be tough for a running back to get it, even though this his quarterback play isn't that crazy. I mean, no one's really sticking out, but I still think Bryce Young is going to win the Heisman. But I, I still do think Kenneth Walker will finish as a finalist, and I do think he should win. But I think Bryce Young will win. And I also will give C.J. Stroud the nod as probably the third most likely guy to win it, in my opinion. Henry, let's move on to our final topic. The top four is being chosen in the first college football playoff selection. The playoff committee is getting together and putting their top four list uh, together Tuesday night, which will be actually the day that this podcast comes out on Henry, who do you think deserves to be in the top four tomorrow night? And then who are your predictions to who you think the playoff committee will choose to be the top four in tomorrow night's selection? 
So my my personal top four, my the teams that I think that are the four best teams in college football right now, I would go Georgia, LM, Ohio State, Michigan State. Those are the teams I think are the four best. But the order I think the committee will rank them in, I would say the committee is going to go Georgia, Cincinnati, Alabama, Michigan State, Ohio State. Oklahoma as the top six that's kind of the way they do it they kind of do that the four teams and then they show you like the next two out those are the six teams I think will be in the top six I think those teams are cut I wouldn't say cut above but I don't I think the drop off between Oklahoma and Oregon's a bit bigger than people realize so I think those those are the top six teams and I don't think really anyone else at this point could really get into that this week for sure you know Henry I mostly agree with that. I'm going to go with Georgia. Or no, my my personal selection will be Georgia. Then I think Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan State. Those are my power rankings. Those are who I think the top four teams in college football are up to this point in time. But who I think the college football playoff committee will select as the top four I think it'll go Georgia. I think then probably, I mean, they have no reason to put Cincinnati down. So I'm going to go Cincinnati at two. Then I think they're going to go Bama at three. And I'm going to go, although Michigan State is a more impressive uh, resume up to this point, I'm going to go Ohio State at four. I genuinely believe that. Because Ohio State is looking like I, I I'm gonna say it. Ohio State's looking like the better team up to this point. And Ohio State looks like the second best team in the country right now. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. And I think the only thing holding that Ohio State Ohio State team back from that number three spot is that Bama is the other one loss team in there, and we all know Bama bias still exists. So I think Bama will get three. Ohio State will get four. We go Michigan State at five and Oklahoma at six. That's who I genuinely believe the committee will select as the top six uh, in Tuesday's selection show. And I already listed my top four. I think it goes uh, Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan State. So, Henry, I think that is going to wrap up our entire summary of the headlines and big topics and everything in between in college football. Henry, would you like to take the honors in wrapping up today's podcast? Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to make a quick announcement before we end tonight's podcast. I do believe that this could be the first week in God knows how long where we could have a double upload. I don't want to jinx anything, but there is a realistic possibility you could be getting another podcast this week. Don't, don't hold my word for it, but it is reasonably possible. And college football podcasts will be making a return more than once, considering college football right now is more interesting than the NFL because Michigan State's good. Last year, you didn't get it a lot because Michigan State wasn't that good. Just just, just how it works. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. You know, Henry, I'm sure the listeners appreciate your honesty. And Henry, I do believe, I genuinely do believe that this will be the first time. And like you said, God knows how long we will be getting a double double upload this week i genuinely believe that it will happen and if it does happen i'm pretty sure you can quote me on this 
but I think it will be NFL week seven and eight review. We're going to go over the past two weeks in the NFL like we typically do. So look forward to that. Most likely that will be our second post this week coming in the next couple days. Henry, now I shall give you the honors in wrapping up this podcast. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to wrap up today's podcast. As always, we want to thank everyone for listening. We hope you did enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.